0: Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Well, we're going to talk about friendship, and here's how I'm thinking about this tonight. Uh, One of the things I've tried to do with uh, Sherry over the years is... On a regular basis, just try to help her evaluate how she's doing relationally with her friends, and so I try to, on a you know regular, somewhat regular basis, uh, to just draw her out. How's it going relationally? How are you doing? Do you feel like your relationships are in a healthy place? And so, what I thought I would do tonight is. Is basically as your pastor uh, do that. Just sit down and ask the question and think about that's that's what tonight's really all about. It's a, it's an opportunity for you to consider your friendships and to think about how they're how they're going and to consider how you can be stronger in this area. So the notes that you have, I'm going to walk through these. Really, it's a big-picture view of friendship from Proverbs. You know, and I have to say, this is the one event where I actually, as I'm going out of the house, I'm going, gee, how do I look? You know, <laughs> I, I never care how I look, but tonight it was like, man, do I look all right? You know, I'm like, so how, how do I look? Do I look all right? Yeah, I'm good. Fishing for compliments. (laughs) Um, So this this outline is is a big picture view of friendship. I think you're gonna have discussion uh, afterwards at your tables. And so the more practical you can get, I think the more helpful it's gonna be for you. I just, um, there are so many different situations at each of these tables it's very difficult uh, to try to address everyone. But at your tables, where you all know one another, I think, because I think you've been together before, I think you can get more practical and ask more specific questions. So hopefully uh, you'll be able, Sarah, you are late, you are late. Golly, things were going so well, and then it's just so discouraging. <laughs> oh boy! Sorry, I couldn't resist. So um, anyway, I'm so I'm so distracted now. I don't even know what was I saying. Yeah, something about how good I looked. I remember that. (laughs) The tables. Um, So, I think the most helpful thing that's going to happen tonight is going to be discussion afterwards. And you're sitting at the tables with people. You've been together, so you've gotten to know each other a little bit and to be able to discuss this. But the big picture view, wisdom from Proverbs about friendship, hopefully will be helpful. But before we look at this, let's just pray and ask for God's help. Lord, uh, these women are women that you love dearly, and we have seen that. We see that on the cross. You sent your son to die for them, and so, Lord, I know that you're eager to bless them tonight, and I know how important and helpful friendships and relationships are So give each and every woman in here the gift of friendship, I pray. And I pray tonight wisdom would be imparted to each one from your word so that they could grow in an understanding and an appreciation of, first and foremost, Lord, how to be a faithful friend. And then also, Lord, how to consider their relationships and how they can grow, how their relationships can grow more healthy. So, Lord... I pray that you would accomplish all this and I thank you that we have an invitation to come to your throne of grace to receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. And Lord, we ask for help tonight in Jesus' name, amen. So, page one, Friendship on a Mission. This, this whole first section is simply about uh, being on a mission together. So F.F. F. Bruce had a famous quote, Paul attracted friends around him as a magnet attracts iron fillings. And there's several quotes here, you're probably familiar with them, where he talks about some of his friends, that, and he calls them fellow soldiers and fellow workers. And he, he was just a man, Bruce says, that there are about 70 people mentioned in the New Testament we would have never known about if it hadn't been for the Apostle Paul, he just had a lot of friends. He had a genius for friendship. But I think we'd all admit he's the greatest missionary in the history of the church. And there's a connection there. So there's a there's a connection between mission and friendship. And that's what this whole section is about. Is like uh, your friendships are going to grow. Uh, your friendships are going to be affected. And one of the things you may consider if, if you feel a, a lack of relationships and friendships is evaluate your passion for the mission. because our closest friends, if you look down uh, the bold paragraph, our closest friends are often those we labor side by side with. And that's been my experience. It encourages our friendship. C.S. Lewis, ta- he's talking about friendship. He says, the common quest or vision which unites friends, does not absorb them in such a way that they remain ignorant or oblivious of one another. On the contrary, it's the very medium in which their mutual love and knowledge exist. One knows nobody so well as one's fellow. Now, if you think about it, probably, as you look back at some of your closest friendships, I'll bet they've been involved with you in mission. So, we, when we have friends, we pray together, we work together, and, and I think that explains why Paul had such a genius for friendship. He was on a constant mission, and so he learned the value of friends, and he saw the fruit of mission together, built these friendships. Why is friendship worth the fight? Augustine said... In this world, two things are essential, life and friendship. Both should be highly prized. So one of the things I'm sure that you probably already do is prize your friends and prize friendship and see friendship as a gift. But hopefully that will be encouraged as you consider wisdom about friends. Uh, Hopefully you'll see... It really is a gift from God. It is to be highly prized. Friendship is not discouraged in the Scriptures. Isn't that nice? It's encouraged. And Augustine recognized it, a famous church father. In this world, two things are essential. Friendship is essential. The the lack of true friends isn't good for your soul according to scripture we're made for friendship. Look at Ecclesiastes 4 here. Some of you know Johnny. I heard her use this verse in Ecclesiastes 4 to talk about her husband who would who helps her at night. She's quadriplegic and she so she wakes up at night in terrible pain and she can't move and she needs somebody to help her. They have people that help, but also her husband. Uh, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This is talking about just the benefit of friendship, of, of relationships, of, of not being alone. And you can imagine, I think, when, when Johnny uses that, that verse, it, it hits home, imagine. And, and we all really need one another. She, because of her handicap, is very aware of this. We sometimes aren't, but we're just as needy uh, for, for our friends. We, we need that. Whoever, Proverbs 13, whoever walks with the wise, becomes wise. The companion of fools will suffer harm. Again, it's just an expression of the value of friendships. It, it changes your life according to Scripture. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise a companion of fools will suffer harm iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another Christ who said to the disciples you have not chosen me but I have chosen you can truly say to every group of christian friends think about your table tonight you have not chosen one another but I have chosen you for one another, and one one of the reasons um, for legacy and the strategy of tables and having these events is is to encourage your friendships. But you think about that in God's sovereignty. He, he, you have not chosen one another. I have chosen you for one another. And I bet many of you could look around, maybe not at the table, but maybe at the table and in the church or outside the church at your friends, and you can see God's hand in bringing you together with very special individuals that make a difference in your life. Life isn't easy. Our friends, biblical friends, are brothers born for adversity. We need them because life isn't easy. So we have to work at friendships. I want you to note that at the end there. It, it shouldn't surprise us that something as valuable as friends is, is not easy. It takes time, and it takes being intentional. So if, if you leave tonight um, with a desire for friendship, a desire to be a good friend to other people, but aren't intentional... And don't work at it. You won't see the fruit of it. But if you. I I think you will. Have a desire. For friendship. When the night's over. And if you go out the door. And plan. And think. And work at it. I believe the Lord will bless that. So let's look at Proverbs on friendship. Wisdom. Wisdom. We believe God made the world with wisdom, he made it by wisdom, and we can learn about his wisdom. We have the scriptures, and especially we have what's called wisdom literature, for example, Proverbs, and it has much to say about friendship. In fact, as I, I actually, this all came from a men's conference we had last year where I did this on friendships, I used a lot more. Uh, stories about cowboys and stuff, but um, all that has been taken out of the notes. Um, But I was really surprised as I prepared and, and looked into the scriptures about friendship, how much there is to learn, how much wisdom there is in scriptures about friendship. Proverbs 20, many a man proclaims his own steadfast love. But a faithful man, who can find? It's a gift if you find a faithful friend. In fact, one of the things I think you could do is um, if you have a faithful friend in your life is to uh, thank them and thank God for them because it really is a gift from God. All right, three points. There are fake friends. And you can be a fake friend. You don't want to be a fake friend, but you can be. And there are fake friends. Proverbs 19, wealth brings many new friends. But a poor man is deserted by his friend. Those are fake friends. They're drawn to you when you're wealthy or successful in some other way. Wealth is just used in Proverbs, but it's, it, it's an illustration of many other things that draw people uh, to others for reasons other than being a true friend, a faithful friend. And so there, there are fake friends. And you can be a fake friend. The poor, Proverbs 14, is disliked even by his neighbor. But the rich has many friends. Again, fake friends. Many seek the favor of a generous man. And everyone is a friend to a man who gives gifts. All the poor man's brothers hate him. (laughs) How much more do his friends go far from him? When he's poor, they're fake friends. He pursues them with words, but does not have these friends. So wealth or success, it it attracts so-called friends. Wealth actually and success complicates friendships. If you're significant or successful in any way, you wonder, what's the real reason? These people are being so nice to me. Everyone's supposed to be networking now, you know. You get friends online. You want to be linked in with everyone. But it raises the questions. Why are you being nice to me? Why do you like me? Why are you trying to establish this relationship? You know. Is it so that we can... I can can use your platform to benefit me. That's what Proverbs is getting at when it talks about wealth and poverty and friendship. It's trying to get at that they're fake friends. Now, you know this. We know this. And we do not want to be this kind of friend. We want to avoid that. And we want to recognize that we need friends in our life that aren't fake friends. Number two, there are difficult friends, and you can be a difficult friend. There are two types of women in particular who make for difficult friends. Number one, the difficult friend who isn't as interested in being a friend as they are aware and desiring to have a friend. So as soon as you open this topic, you need to address this. don't focus on desiring to have a friend as much as you desire on being a faithful friend. The other difficult friend is the one who's quick to criticize. She's the woman who is hypercritical of other people. It's going to be very hard for her to find friends. She's going to have a hard time. A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisper separates close friends. The woman who isn't like this is easy to befriend. You want to be the friend of someone who gives you the gift of their curiosity. In other words, they, they want to know you. They ask you a lot of questions. You end the time with them and you think, I would like to be with them again because I sat with them. And asking questions, by the way, is a skill. It's something to cultivate, something you can practice tonight at your table. You can think about Okay, I want to draw this person. You know, you know people like this. And, it, and, and when you get done being with them, they haven't talked about themselves all night. They've asked you. You feel like you've talked about yourself all night because they are that kind of friend. And you leave, leave time with them wanting to be together again. But Proverbs 11 says, whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains... Silent. (laughs) It's okay to have opinions that you don't share. You don't have to share every opinion. In our culture today, it feels like you know there's just this pressure. I gotta tell you everything I think. I gotta give you my opinion on every situation. No, you, you really don't have to do that. A man or a woman of understanding remains silent. Some some people get into conflicts that could have been avoided. I have to confess, I've been guilty of that many times, where I just think, you know, I could have so easily not had this conflict. It's a terrible feeling. (laughs) Don't plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Don't contend with a man for no reason. When he's done you, no harm. Better is a a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. You You can ruin a friendship, can't you? So easily because you're sensitive, you're jealous, you're insensitive to others. You don't consider them. and next thing you know, you've injured your friendship. Don't be that kind of friend. Are you a critical friend? These are good questions to ask. It's actually a good question to ask your friend. Do you think I'm critical? Am I annoying? Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm only joking. And I, I have a side note here. There are those who are you know, sometimes it is good to laugh at ourselves. So, some, some people can be too sensitive. I told myself tonight, when I was coming here, don't tell any jokes. You know, this is not a night for jokes. It's not going to go well. I'm not going to have a good read on my audience. No jokes. But I love to joke. And, and I actually love people to make fun of me. Uh, and I love to make fun of myself. And it, there's a lot of material. <laughs> and we, we don't want to be too sensitive. One of the things I tried to uh, help the kids with growing up was laughing at themselves. So they would say, yeah, Dad was really good at that, you know, helping them see. And they were taking themselves too serious. So we don't want to be too sensitive. But on the other hand, we do want to be careful. The wise woman thinks carefully about her words. Proverbs 25, Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. We all want to be comfortable with our friends so we can go in the back door, but the point of this Proverbs is presuming on people. And so they're, they're, we don't want to be the kind of friend that, that presumes on people so that uh, they can't wait for us to leave. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it's in your power to do it. Proverbs 3. A, a good friend is eager to serve. They, they are there. A good friend, when you, when you have to be at the airport at 6 a.m., the good friend isn't coming up with 10 excuses of why they can't take you to the airport when the fact is they can, they just don't want to get up at 4.30 to get you there. When you're moving and they need help, you know, your friend is not making excuses. They're eager to serve, eager to help. They're going to let you borrow their pickup truck for your move. Okay, and finally, there are faithful friends, and you can be a faithful friend. There's a friend that loves at all times, and a brother that is born for adversity. And I can, I can name you people, brothers in my life that have been faithful friends, and we've been through thick and thin and they have stayed my friend, and Steve Teeter is one of them, and Steve and I have been friends for decades, and uh, he's, he's been one of, one of my closest friends, and I thank God for him, and it's been borne out in adversity and difficulty going through things together like that. A man of many companions may come to ruin. One of the things I would say is there's probably some of you that have too many friends, a man of many companions may come to ruin. So you might want to look around the table and say, I can't be your friend anymore. <laughs> I'm kidding. But there, there is wisdom in considering what, this, what does that mean? A man of many companions may come to ruin. How could you have too many friends? I don't think you can have the kind of faithful friend-brother that sticks closer. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. I think having too many friends can keep you from having that kind of friend. I think that's what the proverb is getting at. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. But a man of many companions may not have that kind of friend. Don't forsake your friend. So, you want to be a faithful friend. And one of the things that makes that so evident is never forsake your friend. Never forsake your I've got to be careful here. But I just I just saw this morning, I was in West Virginia. Sherry's dad has not been doing well. We went up on Sunday, and came back today, and... and um, we're spending time trying to help him and Sherry's mom, and I was taking a walk this morning. Before we hopped in the car, and an old high school friend pulled up beside me, and he had seen me walking. I mean, this is a guy that I grew up with, and uh, he said, um, "There's a high school reunion next year. He wanted me to come to, so he was he was trying to recruit me," and uh, but it was. It was really good to see him, and as soon as we saw each other, I mean, it's immediate. We, we just have things to talk about because we've known each other for so long. I mean, literally, I had about, you know, I don't know how many of these guys that I just grew up with from until we graduated from high school, and now you don't see them anymore, but the point is, I was telling Cherry. I said, you know what it is? is about seeing Matt and when I saw him, I look at him and I think, we dug coal together. That's a line from a TV show and I can't tell you which one it is because you wouldn't like it. But it's two guys that have been hating each other the whole series, but in the end, the very last line is they're coming back together and the guy asks why, because we dug coal Together. And when I saw Matt, that's what I thought. Yeah. We now we never dug coal, but we did a lot of other things together. There's there's something about when you spend that much time together or you have that history together, there's a there's a friendship. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And the point, I think, of the proverb is, you do not forsake that friend. <laughs> no expression of that was, he said, look, I want you to come to this high school reunion. You know what I said? I'll be there. I didn't even look at my calendar. I didn't have my calendar with it. I will be there because you don't forsake your friend. I mean, I didn't think of that proverb, but I just thought, you're my friend. I will be at that high school reunion. Family is significant to us. It was probably more significant in the ancient world, but Proverbs is saying there's a friend that can be as close as family. Real friends, faithful friends, true friends, a Proverbs friend, and it's proven in adversity. One thing that may happen in adversity is you may discover the value of friendship. And I'm sure there are testimonies all over this room. And you think about when you've gone through adversity, that's when you discovered the value of a friend and who your friends are. And they stuck close in the midst of that of adversity. And then Steve mentioned this, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Although Steve and I will be good friends, over the decades, we have reproved one another. And we appreciate that, not at the time. But later, you're grateful that it's better than hidden love. And that's something you can talk about in your discussion. So, does the fear of man motivate me not to be a faithful friend when it comes time for open rebuke? Or do I hide my love? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. This criticism, you know, the law says. Look down under that proverb. You see, there's. I think it's like the third bullet point. The law says, Leviticus 19: Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you know, the law also says, rebuke your neighbor frankly. In the same chapter, <laughs> a faithful friend knows how to handle conflict. She doesn't hold grudges, she doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Faithful friends make each other better. Last page, 1 Corinthians 15, bad company ruins good morals. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Friends are just wiser when they're together, they just have more wisdom. They, they come together, and then you get counsel from your friend, and you experience this the, this the proverb says, the sweetness of that friendship. It comes in the form of their counsel. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So the question is, do you have friends like this? And, you know, I end here in the conclusion about um, how Christ is the Proverbs' friend. So I, years ago, read a book by Thomas Watson this is my notebook, that um, my journal, and um, I have some just treasures, things that I treasure in here. And one of them is the notes from Thomas Watson's book, The Art of Divine Contentment, where he has a whole section on friendships, considerations to charm down discontent when friends are discourteous and unkind. It's gold what he does, he said, he says, perhaps you you expected too much from them, and you leaned on your friends too hard, and they're like glass, and they broke, and they cut your hand. And so he says, you have a friend in heaven who will never fail you. God is the best friend. He is a loving friend. He is a careful friend. I have a friend who is a faithful friend, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a compassionate friend. He's a constant friend. Friends, he says, do often in adversity drop off as leaves in autumn. But the Lord is a friend forever. He loves to the end, and there is no end to his love. So, as you consider friendship and we value friendship, don't forget that. He is the Proverbs friend, and he is your friend. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray, I'm so thankful for these women who have been faithful to come tonight and just have this time together, and Lord, I pray for their time of discussion now, and I pray you'd provide for them. I pray that, first and foremost, that you would so work in their lives that they would be this kind of Proverbs faithful friend. And then, Lord, I pray that you would knit them together with other women and their friendships would thrive for your glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen.